The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, my God, are the NBA playoffs off the rails or what? The Milwaukee Bucks alert. The Milwaukee Bucks are dead. They are dead. They've been hit in the middle of the road on a freeway in the middle of Wisconsin by some random car left in the middle of the freeway for dead. They are dead. Jimmy Butler was the driver of that car. Heat dispatched the favorites in the first round in five games. The Knicks also move on as well as underdogs against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We cover all the playoff news. Drop a little tea also about the Clippers. Oh, my God, a little toxicity going on. No time to waste, Nick. Drop that generic-ass beat that should be Rihanna. We got to talk Bucks Heat first. Let's do it. Uh, even though the series hasn't been great, and it hasn't, it hasn't been particularly um, high-quality, high-caliber basketball in spots, but the Bucks and Heat just gave us Two of the most iconic games in NBA history and absolutely the most iconic ending I've ever seen. For those who were asleep on the East Coast because you work in the mornings, the Bucks are Milwaukee Bucks, who I had just like a few units on to win it all at plus 350, which that's down the drain. Uh, they blew a 16-point fourth-quarter lead. They ended up losing in overtime to the Miami Heat in Milwaukee, which means the Heat are dead. Uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, excuse me, are dead. The Heat booted the betting favorites for the entire league in five fucking games. Are you serious? Did that happen? But it is not that it happened that boggled the mind. It is how it happened that boggled the mind. Okay, so let's start back at game four. So Jimmy Butler a.k.a. Playoff Jimmy, went into a berserk level of basketball going off for 56 
9-2, and two, which is an insane stat line. That is ridiculously one-man gangbang slash line. Single-handedly carrying this team where the second-leading scorer uh, was, I think they scored 15 points, Bam Adebayo. Third-leading scorer, 10 points. So, I mean, it was just Jimmy, all Jimmy, all day. Outplayed the entire Bucks team. Giannis, before that, missed the previous games. My question is, how do you play four all-NBA defenders on the court at the same time? Uh, you've got Drew Holiday, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. All three of those guys could win Defensive Player of the, year, of the Year at any given time. And then you've got Bobby Portis, who's also lockdown defender. Four dudes, and you cannot stop Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, who's never been a particularly great jump shooter. That is not only a testament to how good Jimmy Butler is, but just how horrible the Bucks are. Oh, my God. Gross. The coaching in, these, in this game and in these two games from Budenholzer has been vomit, like trash vomit. Then we go to game five. Bucks down 3-1. Hey, Bucks, it's an elimination game. Heads up. If you lose, 1-2-3 Cancun. They were as a down 3-1 plus 130 to win that series, meaning the world, the betting world, thought there was a possibility they could win three in a row. Bucks, huge fourth quarter lead. I believe at one point they were up 17 in the fourth quarter. And then, in an absolute bottle job, blew the lead in the most insane, amazing way. Not only did they not have any answer for Jimmy Butler, but Budenholzer made... I don't even know. Like some truly disheartening, bizarre game-ending situations. Let's break those down. So the Heat are down seven with four minutes left. Spolster decides to make Bam the primary ball handler to in order to set up this like high-low action for Jimmy Butler. He then proceeds in the paint to torch the Bucks once again. Heat come roaring back. But Jimmy misses two shots in the final 30 seconds. And now Drew Holiday has the opportunity to put the Bucks up three with a half second left. He misses the first, makes the second. Heat call timeout. They take the ball out near half court. Got me? Okay. So what does Budenholzer do? First of all, with Bam off the floor, for some unknown reason, I believe he fouled out, maybe, he decides to take... Defensive player of the year, Brooke Lopez, off the floor. Didn't have a great explanation after the game why he did that. Second, he decides to defend Jimmy Butler underneath the basket with 6'4", Drew Holiday. Not Giannis. Not, not Chris Middleton. Not someone long. Nope, nope. We'll put Drew on him. And I get it. Drew is a great defender. Then, secondly, uh, Jimmy had to beg Spo just to get the play made for Jimmy in order for the ball to go to him so that he could tip it in underneath the basket. He, he tells Spo, Spo, like, listen, Drew's going to front me. I'm going to get separation. I'm going to tip in near the basket. So he draws up a lob to Jimmy, who then uses his physicality to get separation, catches the ball one-handed, falling to the floor, and somehow it goes in. Bud, why didn't you call a timeout there when you saw what the play was going to be? So not only was Lopez off the floor, like, I don't know, you could have used a seven-footer underneath the basket to defend uh, a lob into Jimmy, uh, but then you decide not to put Giannis on Jimmy. And when the Bucks had a chance to see the Heat's final play 
and they still had a timeout, but decided not to use it. The outrage that's inside of my soul right now is to such a high level, I can't even muster up the strength to yell anymore. I, it's just like a very disappointed feeling for Bud because everyone on Twitter was showing Bud and showing him doing nothing. How dumb was the decision? Well, not only were the Heat players themselves stunned by the decision, even Eric Spolstra had no idea what was going on. He's like, how do we know that Eric Spolstra was like, hey, what, what, is, what is this joke show doing? What is, uh, what is our man Budenholzer saying? Uh, because Max Struess went on the Levitard show today and said everyone was puzzled on the heat bench. Let's go and listen to Max Struess. Max, were you also confused that whether or not Milwaukee had timeouts? Because there were several points in both of your most recent comebacks where a timeout is usually called and it wasn't called. And I think it kind of led to what you felt, which was just this one big hallucination. Yeah, honestly, we were all questioning it. Uh, at the regular end of the um, regular uh, time, uh, Spo came in the huddle. He was like, they didn't call a timeout. Like, what are we doing? Like, they didn't, they didn't call a timeout. <laughs> and, and we were like, we didn't even know they had a timeout. We just figured they didn't, uh, the guys on the court. But, yeah, we were all kind of questioning what was going on. But thankfully, they didn't use it. Thankfully, they didn't use it. Budenholzer right now is on Heat Reddit as the savior of the Miami Heat. Even Spoh's like, what are we doing? Like, what is this... Uh, what is this Bush League bullshit that's happening right now? And it, of course, gets worse. So the Heat run out to a lead in OT. And the Bucks claw back. They're down two with 10 seconds to go. And they have the entire length of the court to go. So instead of calling one of his two timeouts in his pocket uh, to, I don't know, advance the ball up to half court, uh, he simply lets them waste time getting across the half-court line. And then when his option one and his option two are locked up, the ball ends up in our man Grayson Allen's hands. And what do you know? The team simply just runs out of time before they can even put up a shot. Is that not the most insane shit? They, you went home. That's it. That's all you have left. 3-1, you are down. You don't even throw up a shot? It just expires? Ugh. The worst part, they only needed a two. This team only needed a two. They could have just planned to play up for Drew or Chris or even if you didn't want the ball in Giannis's hands because he can't shoot free throws. What are we talking about here? You had Bam, Kevin Love, and Kyle Lowry all had fouled out. You can't even plan a play for two fucking points when you have a bunch of undrafted guys out there and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's an incredible player. He was out there on the floor to end overtime with four undrafted players. That should be barbecue chicken. That should be barbecue chicken. Let that sink in. Game over. Season over. Could not get a shot up. Budenholzer's career may be over. Meanwhile, her Nick Nurse is on Zillow right now looking up some homes in Fox Point, see how much it'll cost for him to move in at short notice. I promise you, dog, if that was Nick Nurse, there's no chance that would happen. His X's and O's skills are far surpassing our man, bud. That would, ne that would never happen. 
Now, maybe all everybody on the team would hate Nick Nurse because it seems like he's been calling them out in the media to the point where things have gotten a little toxic. But I tell you what, at the end of a game, he's calling up the right play. Never would I ever see Nick Nurse eat three timeouts, just keep them in his pocket, and lose in an elimination game at home. There's a reason you don't see memes of Nick Nurse with hands in his pockets. Friend of show, Keith Smith, said, Buck's done, unreal. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday on the floor. Ball is in Grayson Allen's hands. He doesn't even get a shot off. Bucks left a timeout on the board at the end of regulation and two timeouts on the board at overtime. Just unconscionable. The word, the proper word, is unconscionable. So they asked Bud, what's up? What happened? Uh, they had five small guys, you know, so, um, you know, down two. Uh, you know, you can, you can go for the win with three or, you know, they obviously got the play at the rim. But, uh, you know, they had five guards or wings, and uh, so we matched that. Um, I believe you had a timeout with half a second left and you didn't call it. What was the thought process there? Yeah, we need to call a timeout there. Uh, and then in overtime, I know you like to play without calling the timeout. Was there any part of that possession where you thought maybe we're not getting something we need to take a timeout? No. Um, you know, uh, Giannis attacked. Giannis got the ball to Chris. Chris attacked. Um, you know, that's how we always play. Um, it's been very good for us. And, um, you know, we weren't able to, to convert it tonight. That is so bad. That is so, so bad. I think Bud knows he fucked up. He's like, yep, got to call a timeout there. I think he sees the writing on the wall. This kid on Twitter, I don't know how to pronounce his name, he said, Budenholzer was chilling on the sidelines like, damn, this game is good as hell. <laughs> damn, this is a good-ass game, dog. Like, you're supposed to be doing something, Bud. You're part of this deal. Miami Heat Reddit posted a Mike Budenholzer appreciation post today. Said, we couldn't have won this without your master class yesterday, Budenholzer. So now we're left in Miami. Uh, we're left to figure out what's happening now that the season is done in Milwaukee. There is no way that they should be sitting at home. No way that they should lose to a play-in team. There's a play-in team. Number one seed loses to a team that was down 15 points to the Chicago Bulls and probably were going to go home night-night sleep mask in the play-in tournament. They had already lost once to Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Since we're speaking about post-game pressers, let's talk about this Giannis clip that's gone viral. You've probably seen it if you're not living under a rock. I have thoughts. A reporter asked if this season was a failure to Giannis. Check out this bullshit. I just asked Bud the exact same question, but I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? Oh, my God. Uh, okay, because I'm not that up. We, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do, you get, do you get a promotion every year? On your job, no, right? So every year you work is a failure, yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success, you know. And if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So he was a hold up. I just realized he was about to say to the reporter, if you've never accomplished anything good in your entire fucking life, you won't know what that means. He almost said that. That's what he was about to say. And then he was like, hold up, let me not make that personal. There's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why you ask me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year somebody else is gonna win. Simple as that. We're gonna come back next year. Try to be better. Try to build good habits. Try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. You know, I sorry that I didn't want to make it personal because you asked me the same question last year, and uh, last year... I was in the in the uh, right um, mind space to answer the question back. So everybody was slobbing on Giannis's knob over this. They thought it was like the most uh, insightful, philosophical uh, comment that any athlete has made after losing the first round. That's this is insane. This is this is a team. Can we just back it up here? This is a team that was the number one overall seed that lost to an eight seed that had to scrap and claw just to get into the playoffs. And you lost to them in five games, giving up double-digit leads in games four and five. That's not a failure of a season to you. 
folks, this is exactly what what if this isn't shoots and ladders, fam. Like this is pro sports. There are billions of dollars on the line. That is a failure. You got your ass waxed. Your coach collapsed. You fucked up. You missed 13 free throws. The postseason, the season as a whole, what you were trying to achieve, you failed. You as a human being, obviously not a failure. But your goal every year is to win a championship. That's actually the only point of this whole thing. That's the only goal. It's not like, oh, Eric Neem uh, messed up on one article about Giannis, and so it's a bad season for this, uh, this writer who asked Giannis about whether the season was a failure. No, it would be like if the entire goal for Eric Neem was to write a feature on Giannis and then he didn't do it. It would be like that. This is a spin job. We are people collectively all going crazy, being like, oh, my God, Giannis, he's so grounded. Everybody, show this to your kids. What kind of participation trophy shit is this? Like, there's no failure in sports. There's only growth. No, no. Growth comes from admitting that you failed. That's where we're at right now. This is like, there's going to be consequences. Your coach is probably fired. You're not going to be able to extend or pay Brooke Lopez. You're probably going to let Chris Middleton go. Drew Holiday's on an expiring. What's he going to do? All of that is a downstream effect of failure. Is, is it a failure for the Orlando Magic that they did not win a championship this year? No, because the Orlando Magic are a lottery team. The Orlando Magic have been a lottery team for the last decade. They had the number one pick overall last year. The fact that Orlando Magic won like 65% of the, their games at, uh, after the All-Star break, that's a, that's a success. That's something to build on. No, no, Giannis, there's nothing to build on for you except for championships. This isn't steps to success. This is like, is Giannis trying to be Ted Lasso? Are we thinking like Giannis is a college football coach that decides to go to uh, England and coach an EPL team and has no idea what he's doing? Because that's how he sounds right now. The mistakes have been egregious. The Bucks should have been at home in five waiting for their next opponent, and instead they're home in five watching their opponent move on and play the Knicks. The path was there for you. You got to play the Knicks in the next round. How are they going to defend Giannis? Nope. No, you failed. You you fucking choked. To me, this was the most telling quote uh, that Giannis said. Hey, they were pe- playing to beat us, and we were playing to win a championship. We were a bit ahead of ourselves, to be honest. Okay, so they were playing to beat you, goal achieved. You were planning to win a championship, failed. Your goal was only to win a championship? That was only the thing in your mind? I, I feel like I'm talking crazy. I think I've taken crazy pills. You got Emmanuel Acho being like, show this to your kids? What kind of gold star nonsense is this? Like, this is shirking accountability. This is trying to spin zone your way into continuing to have the same exact thing as you did before. This is going to be a storyline for the, for the offseason. I don't know what kind of decisions they're going to make, but they have some to make, and I would not be surprised if Coach Budenholzer, with two years left on his deal, is out. So Knicks close out their series uh, in – what was a real shock to a lot of people, five games. If you wanted to bet Knicks in five, 
oh, I'm sure it would have been huge value. I'm sure the odds on that would have been crazy. Everyone at ESPN picked the Cavs over the Knicks in like six or seven, and you know what? They were all wrong. The Knicks out-toughed the Cavs. Uh, Brunson and Hart were incredible. They're probably the best backcourt right now in the league consistently in the East at least. They not only dominated on the court, they were hilarious in post-game presser. You had Josh Hart eating chicken wings, and Brunson is being like, yo, stop eating while I'm in the middle of this press conference. Hey, and and you got Josh Hart turning his back on Brunson and still eating his wings. I love that. Hart then calls Brunson undersized, overrated, overpaid. These guys are awesome. They're the best. The Cavs had zero answer. They had no idea what to do. Cleveland Riders are calling out, calling out J.B. Bickerstaff, but... The Cavs got bounced because they have roster issues. We knew that. Two bigs, does it work? Well, the two teams that decided to go with two seven-footers are both sitting at home right now, so you tell me. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So that big lineup thing isn't really working. Uh, Reality, you have have zero players who are both good shooters and good defenders. Isaac Okoro, really good defender, terrible shooter. At one point, he was shooting 7% from three-point. I'll say it again. At one point, he was shooting 7% from the three-point line. You got Allen and Mobley, who at some point, for whatever reason, under the spotlight, could not score. You have offensive players like Mitchell and Garland, who are like tissue paper in the playoffs. Can't defend a person. And also, Donovan Mitchell just underperformed offensively. 28 points in a closeout game, not enough. You need 56 like Jimmy Butler. <clears throat> and the Cavs, we've known all, all year, has been this way. They've beaten teams under 500 and teams over 500. They just didn't. So it was kind of like something that we could see coming, right? They, on their dream list, have Mikael Bridges, but let's be real, they're not getting Mikael Bridges. They have no draft capital. They traded it all for Donovan Mitchell, and look where they are, at home in April again. <clears throat> so, yeah, they're in a bad spot. Um, they need to improve. Isaac Okoro and Seti Osman, Chetty Osman, uh, have both had their worst seasons as Cavaliers. They're probably going to need to get moved. It's not going to be easy to find a wing. Those are really, really hard positions, as you guys know. I mean, it's like the hardest one. It's the hardest one to find a good wing. Ask the Portland Trailblazers. So they're going to probably have to trade Jared Allen as well. Allen said this about his play. Even for me, the lights were brighter than expected. Ooh, that is that is bad. That is telling. Uh, now the Knicks move on to play the Miami Heat in the battle of the underdogs, the scrappy team. It's going to be incredible. The first thought probably is that the Knicks should be favorites. Hero is out for the year, but all of this depends on Julius Randle. Is his ankle okay because he re-injured it in game five? Why was he out there? I have no idea. <clears throat> Tib said that we're hopeful that it's not that bad. Uh, Yeah, I mean, everybody is. All Knicks fans around the country are worried about that as well. Without him, I think the series is a toss-up. I mean, there's a reason Jason Tatum said that he didn't see the Heat winning as an upset because the Knicks are going to have their hands full. Jimmy Buckets and their world defenders could not, you know, the Bucks could not stop Jimmy Butler. A bunch of all defensive guys could not stop him. So I have it on good authority that Jimmy Butler called a couple of Knicks executives as soon as uh, he had that 56 Game, uh, 56 point performance in game four and said I'm coming for that ass I'm coming you're next Knicks we'll fucking see you at Madison Square Garden and now we will Sunday at the Garden gonna be a doozy
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, last time we chatted on Sunday, uh, De'Aaron Fox was diagnosed with a an avulsion fracture in his index finger of his shooting hand. That is what we would call uh, steps to success, as Giannis would say. Steps to success. Not a failure, not a disaster, just steps to success. Predictably, uh, when... De'Aaron Fox ended up playing. He was awesome, by the way, until he jammed his finger. And then, like you would imagine, a guy who's got a broken finger doesn't really perform in the fourth quarter after he re-injures it. And without fourth quarter Fox, it was night-night sleep mask. Kings were lost. Even when it was a three-point game with a minute left and the Kings had a good look from three to tie, Monk misses the 25-footer, and we got to see the yin and the yang that is Malik Monk. Boy, oh boy, did we see all of it. On one hand, that man carried the Kings. Whew, 21 points from the four-minute mark at the third quarter. He had 21 points from that point on. Whew, 21 points at the four-minute mark in the third quarter. 14 points in the fourth quarter alone. He was cooking, boy, carving up that defense. He was making tough shot after tough shot over Kavon Looney. He looked like John Morant out there. He was waiting until his feet had almost reached the floor, coming up off his elevation, and then put it up bucket after bucket, getting to the free throw line, chasing down what should have been a backcourt violation for the Golden State Warriors off of an errant pass. But no, he steals that ball, gets it, gets the loose ball, and then gets an and one. Just incredible. Honestly, probably the only reason that the Kings were able to dig back. And then on the other hand, shooting a nonsense three-pointer when you don't need to make that or shoot that at that given moment, you've got a bunch of seconds left on the shot clock and guys open. Why are you taking that shot, Malik Monk? Oh, my God, that lost you the game. On the other side, uh, we got one of the best performances of Draymond's career. He was unstoppable on both sides of the ball. Offensively, he cooked all night. My man Draymond Green, day-day. Eight for 10 from the floor. Eight for 10. 21 points off the bench, four rebounds, seven assists, three steals, and a block. What are we talking about? Long and the short is that Draymond's suspension put the series and changed it like an inflection point where now they get to see what it's like for them to have complete spacing. Draymond knows where he needs to be even when he's with Kevon Looney on the floor. And now they're cooking these kings up with back cuts and 
easy looks at the rim, uh, and that is a real problem. The Warriors shot 76% in the restricted area in Game 5. That's really bad. Uh, They had 33 separate buckets in the restricted area, which is five feet from the rim. They got 50 points at the rim. That is ridiculous. And now they know that they can't, the Kings can't stop it. They can't stop it with all that cutting, with all that ball movement. They're cutting like crazy. They're getting easy shots right into the rim, and there's just no way to adjust out of that. Kings now play game six on Friday, which is today, I guess, at Chase in an elimination game. Man, it's going to be a tough one for Sacramento. But they should have won game four, I guess, and they haven't lost four in a row since the first four games of the season. So whatever happens, I just want to say, Kings Nation, I'm incredibly proud of you. I think you have a bright future. This team is fun as hell to watch. I think they're the most fun team of basketball. And if this thing goes back to goal one for game seven, all bets are off. Moving on, Lakers and Grizzlies are locked in a series now as well. The Lakers had a chance to put Memphis to bed in Memphis. But the Grizzlies got off to a hot start. And opened up a 14-point lead in the first quarter. And other than one Laker run that cut the lead to one, it was basically night from the beginning. They handled the Lakers. Jaw had 31 and 33 from Bain. L.A. lost because, as we know, what they do is they just can't shoot. They shot 25% from three. Grizzly shot 35% from three, despite our man, Dylan the Villain, shooting 20% from deep. Now all eyes are on him. His shenanigans. Brooks was 3 for 15 for 8. He had 10 boards, 7 assists, but he was also the only Grizzly starter to be a negative. Minus 7. They are not going to survive many 3 for 15 shooting nights. So the Grizzlies now face an uphill battle. I still think they can win this thing. I still think that they can win Game 6, and it will be raucous in Memphis on Sunday. Do not be surprised if Memphis forces a Game 7. Finally, a little tea from around the league because we haven't talked much about very much news. Uh, Clippers are eliminated. And I did a TikTok, but I think you should, uh, I should mention it here on the podcast as well if you don't follow my social and you just listen to the podcast. By the way, you should uh, check it out. It's pretty good. Um, there are now hot rumors coming out about the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And I don't know if they're true, but I tell you what, people who I know who are around this team and have friends that are around this team tell me that I am spot on so so this is what happened an anonymous Clipper uh, media member has an account called Clippers content and he claims that he's been covering the team all year and as soon as they lost their game to be eliminated he posted like a 16 16 post thread on Twitter about everything that went wrong uh, with the Clippers this year and my god was it bad it was like Edward Snowden It was like releasing all the receipts. He's now on the run. He hasn't posted since. Steve Ballmer must be furious. So this is what it was. He starts dropping a tweet storm. It says, first and foremost, the Clippers turned down Marcus Morris for Conley trade. They they had Morris to go to Utah for Mike Conley, and they settled for John Wall. We know how that went. They couldn't get Wall cheap, so they gave up uh, Isaiah Hartenstein for nothing. Uh, because they couldn't pay them both, and they couldn't find a backup center until the trade deadline. Then Reggie Jackson, 
Reggie Jackson was one of the feel-good stories. He was unplayable, he was horrible, and he had a bad attitude. So the Clips were so desperate, they tried to get Kyrie, they tried to get Fred Van Fleet, they tried to get Lowry, and they failed. They settled on Eric Gordon. They tried to trade Norm Powell to the Grizzlies, but instead got Luke Kennard instead. And then they just struggled from three for the rest of the season. So he's like, hey, I also have a lot more tea on the dysfunction of the team. He blows up the bridge. He basically murders Ty Lue, says that Ty Lue was pissed off at the team, that the team hates him, he hates them, the roster hates him, the front office hates him, and because he doesn't like them, he's just basically playing players he knows will not win them games, three, four guard lineups, out of spite. Because he was just so mad at the front office and he was just being petty. And then... Marcus Morris wanted to trade and now is so pissed that he didn't get traded that he quit the team for two weeks. Just went AWOL. No one knew where he was. Ty Lue covered it up, and then he eventually came back and then forced his way back onto the starting lineup with Ty Lue because they're friends. Uh, yikes. And then he moves on to more tea about individual players. Says that, Rocco and Terrence Mann were publicly complaining and posting things on Twitter as a cry for help because Ty Lue wasted a year of their careers. He was not playing Rocco at all, barely playing Terrence Mann. Uh, then Kawhi Leonard gets both barrels from this Clippers account. Uh, apparently, this anonymous Clippers guy alleges that Kawhi Leonard was benching himself in the middle of games and just ghosting the team even though he was fully healthy in the regular season. Uh, he's not done. He also says that the team is paranoid and that it's a very par- poorly kept secret that they're paranoid. And now they ba- ban sports writers for posting anything about the team that puts them in any sort of negative light, even if it's completely true. He even says one of the national beat reporters was blackballed for posting a video about Kawhi. Uh, and then he says that the social media manager of the Clippers was uh, accused of sexual misconduct and is still there to this day. What's happening? What is going on with the Clippers? That's what he, I mean, I have nothing to, to say other than like a lot of these roster things are true. He did, he did play three, four guard lineups. And you did see Marcus Morris go away from the team. You did see Kawhi Leonard um, leave in the middle of games and not play and no one knew why. Uh, you did see... Uh, Rocco not play. You did see Terrence Mann not play. I mean, all those things are fact. I can't speak to the feelings around it or why, but if that's true, this is wildly specific for it to not be true. I'll just say that. We're going to find out, folks. It always comes to light. I promise you, now that the dirty little secrets are out in the ether, people are going to start digging, and Bob Myers can't come to this team fast enough, can he? He's got to fix this malfeasance because the tea is hot. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with an all-new episode covering the first-round series uh, along with some of the second-round series, actually. actually. Trey Young in Boston, John Morant in L.A., Kings Warriors, and Knicks, of course, facing the Heat. Also, check the feed for past interviews as they drop intermittently throughout this playoff run. Do not forget to download, subscribe, and tell your friends, every single one of them. Follow the, the social on this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next week, my friends. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, 
where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.